0: Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Deus, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and my guest today is El Paso County Project Manager for Financial Services and knower of all things ARPA, Amanda Grant. How's it going, Amanda?
1: I'm good, Scott. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. You seem a little nervous, but I think you're going to be okay. Don't worry about it.
1: All right. Just a little.
0: (laughs) So uh, before we get started, I wanted to quickly add that if listeners are interested in more stories about people doing good in and around El Paso County or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, but before we get started talking about your role as project manager, Amanda, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your work history uh, prior to your current position.
1: Sure. So I've only been with the county for a little over a year now. Prior to the county, I worked for the state of Colorado for about 11 years. Um, I spent all of that time at the Department of Corrections in a bunch of different roles, but the most recent was as their strategic planner.
0: And what did you do in the in that role?
1: Uh basically what that sounds like, strategically (laughs) planned. (laughs) Um, You know, I took a lot of what the governor put out as his operational strategies and goals for the state, and then operationalized those down to our department level. And I worked with our executive leadership to make sure that, you know, all of our year goals and things like that, that we were doing within our facilities and different offices met those same overarching goals that we had for the state.
0: And how does what you did before help with what you're doing today?
1: You know, it gave me a broad understanding of government um, in general, and that's really been helpful. Um, It also taught me a lot about how to work with external organizations and different community members to kind of make sure our government services and our community are working together.
0: So what does your role look like here with El Paso County? Like, what kind of projects do you manage?
1: Uh, The majority of what I manage are kind of grant-funded projects, uh, such as the American Rescue Plan Act dollars. We have a community investment fund and some other um, grant-funded projects.
0: And so, as you mentioned, one of those larger projects is managing grant allocations for the American Rescue Plan Act, uh, also known as ARPA, and that's what we'll be referring it to uh, going forward. It's a very long name. Uh, Can you start by providing some background on ARPA and where those dollars came from?
1: Yeah, sure. So the American Rescue Plan Act was a larger federal bill that was signed into law on uh, March 11th, 21, by President Biden. uh, That bill most folks know as the stimulus bill. That's what sent everybody a check in the mail. And it also sent a check to different counties and uh, localities in order to help us better fund some of the different things that were happening due to COVID and and help offset some of the um, budget deficits that were happening.
0: Uh, so, can you talk about the different types of funding that was available? I know there were a few different ways that uh, different localities were able to use that money. Uh, was it all grant-based money that was allocated to external organizations, or uh, was some of that also used like for those uh, local governments and state governments?
1: Sure. So, for El Paso County, we got one hundred and thirty-nine point nine million dollars for our total allocation. A good portion of that was um, broken out into different grant programs that we put together to kind of partner with our community organizations that are really out there doing the work. We did use some of that for some other county services, such as um, increased costs that the coroner's office experienced for PPE and and things like that. Um, Some additional money for our public health department um, putting some money into the sheriff's office. They were doing a lot of work um, keeping the jails clean and infection-free as, as best as they could and doing some staff testing. Um, and then we're really fortunate that there's some flexible dollars in this allocation that we were able to put toward infrastructure. Most notably, we're doing a lot of infrastructure work on roads and stormwater.
0: So that's kind of from the county side of things. What does it look like externally?
1: So we put together quite a few different grant programs Um One specifically is the Community Impact Grant Program, and that was where a lot of these organizations that the county partners with to kind of do the good work out there with our community members um, could apply for funding. So that was things like behavioral health and food insecurity and, you know, all of those, homelessness prevention, things like that, um, that the county doesn't really do as a core service, but these are an extension of that service. And so we really wanted to make sure those organizations that were most impacted and helping the community members who are most impacted it got some funding. Um, we were also able to put a lot of money into our small businesses by doing some small business relief grants. Some different things with our economic development and workforce recovery. Um, another grant program that we established was for our local co- chambers of commerce, and they used that funding to help uh, their local small businesses and then also bring in some tourism. Um, that was definitely one of the hardest hit industries t- during the pandemic, and so we're doing what we can to make sure that our vibrant tourism industry that we're generally accustomed to in in El Paso County returns.
0: Very good. And so what are the rules surrounding those grant allocations? Can those organizations or different projects that receive that money uh, use the funds in any way they see fit? Are there restrictions on it? Is there like a deadline for when they need to spend that money? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so not shockingly, federal dollars come with a lot of federal rules, right? (laughs) Fair enough, yeah. And so, no, the the organizations can't just use the money um, willy-nilly, right? Mm. There's there's a lot of uh, structure in these programs. And so eligible uses were defined by the Department of Treasury. And so El Paso County has worked really hard with all of these organizations to make sure that we developed programs that fit within Treasury's guidelines. And so they can spend the funding um, on those specific uses. And then uh, we collect a lot of reporting and data to ensure that all of the dollars are being spent in an appropriate way.
0: So given the scope of the many projects and organizations that have benefited so far from this funding, how do you go about managing all of it? I mean, there must be hundreds of both external and internal recipients of that funding.
1: Yeah, it's a big lift. Um, We've been able to put funding into many different projects. You know, close to a thousand external organizations have received some sort of funding, Um, So we've got a great team here in our finance department that is monitoring and and ensuring that these grants are being used in the the best way possible. Um, Sometimes that looks like just a desk audit looking at their financials. Sometimes it's a site visit going and seeing how the project is progressing or, you know, where the funding is actually going. But it's a big lift. Um, So we're pretty lucky that we have such a great team here in finance and, and at the county.
0: And how do you work with those different organizations? I mean, do you have like regular meetings with them? I know you talked a little bit about how they would submit their finances to you for reimbursement probably, but can you talk a little bit more about how that part works?
1: Yeah. So they have quarterly reporting that they're required to send to us. And so we get their financial reports and we get their metrics. A lot of the organizations self-report additional stuff to us. We get a lot of annual reports or, or uh, semi-annual reports that they're sending over, just showing really what these programs are doing and how they're helping our community. Um, we've been super fortunate. Places like Springs Rescue Mission send us updates all the time of how this funding is really helping and, and give us these great human impact stories and tell us about specific individuals that were able to, to be benefited by this. And so um, you know, the, the external organizations that we're working with in our community have just been fantastic about that.
0: And, you know, I think all that does a good job of going towards transparency, right? I think it's important that people are interested in uh, what their governments are spending money on and, w- you know, what it's doing for the communities that they live in. Uh, why is it so important to you for that transparency to be there, not just in uh, how the organizations are using that money, but also in the process for which they receive those grants in the first place?
1: Yeah, you know, I think transparency is one of the most important things for a government, Um to provide in all areas, right? Uh, There is sometimes a level of distrust of our government from our citizens. And, and, you know, I think it's important that we do the best work that we can to show them that we're spending these dollars in the best way we can. At the end of the day, these are taxpayer dollars, whether it came from the federal government or from local um, resources. And so uh, just putting that information out there so that individual taxpayers can see where the money is going, organizations can see where it's being spent, folks that maybe be able to um, benefit from one of these services might say, hey, it looks like, you know, there's a lot of funding pouring into mental health. Uh, You know, I might be able to find some services that somebody I know might be looking for. Um, It it keeps everyone honest, right? And it, it helps to build that trust with our community. And that's something that's super important to El Paso County.
0: And I want to backpedal a little bit. You mentioned Springs Rescue Mission. Uh, They're an organization that I've talked to previously on this podcast. I've had the opportunity to talk to quite a few at this point. And, you know, their response to this ARPA money, uh, of course, has been very, very positive. It's been able to do things for them that they weren't able to do before. Um, you know, sometimes it's programs that they had been working on that it sort of enhances, and in many cases, it's been uh, programs or opportunities that they would have had no chance of funding if not for this ARPA, uh, the, the ARPA funding. So I'm wondering if maybe you know you've received some of that feedback from these different organizations as well, and you know what that means to you in being sort of an arbiter of the process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of these organizations, like you said, were able to expand their services, expand their reach, and you know, that's something that's super important to the county. And and to me personally, you know, being able to see taxpayer money being used in such a positive way that's really bringing a tangible benefit to our community members is is really what local government is all about. Um, you know, the, the service expansion is so important, especially as we have, are coming out of the pandemic. We saw a lot of negative effects, not just from the health of citizens, but you know, a a lot of effects from the closures and and the mental health impact that that had on our kids and and other folks. And so these organizations in our community that are working in that space, um, providing them the additional resources they needed to meet that need in our community was was a, a great benefit of this money.
0: So yeah, I think that speaks to how well the nonprofit organizations in our community work together. Um, being able to provide those different services to figure out what was needed after COVID, you know, a global pandemic, which in our time was something that a lot of people probably had not experienced and weren't sure how to react to. On the other side of that, again, you mentioned a small business before you mentioned tourism. What do you think that does for those businesses? And have you received feedback from those types of businesses as well?
1: Yeah, you know, the the tourism industry, especially in El Paso County, was hit particularly hard when we had those uh, mandated closures. And, um, you know, even after the mandated closures were gone, right, a lot of the community was still kind of unsure. And and then we were dealing with, you know, trying to find enough employees to fully staff those businesses to get them back open. And so, you know, for some of these small businesses, the money that we were able to provide kept them in business. It kept them from going, you know, completely under. Um, For our tourism industry, you know, it was super important for them to be able to comply with the COVID mandates right so being able to provide some funding to do some of that COVID mitigation uh, to expand some patios so that they could have outdoor seating to be able to you know stay open and and provide as many seats as they could for our community members and so you know we've had a really positive response to what we've been able to do for our small businesses and our tourism industry and and we really hope to see the the rebound effect of that.
0: Another one of the grant types that was addressed was water projects. Uh, those, again, more infrastructure related than uh, small business or tourism. Can you talk to me about those water projects, uh, what some of them were, and why there was such a focus on getting those done?
1: Yeah, so we were super fortunate that there was some flexibility in this funding, and uh, the Treasury recognized that you know some of the things like water infrastructure um, were a place that we needed to put money. And so um, we've been pretty fortunate in that we have um, several worthy projects to look at. And in fact, we had more worthy projects than we had money. (laughs) Um, But we were able to put $22 million of this money uh, towards 16 different water projects that we're partnering with our local water organizations on. Um, Some of that was contaminant removal. Uh, We really prioritized water recycling and ensuring that we're meeting the future needs of our community and just making sure we have safe drinking water for those that are in our community now and and for the further expansion of our community.
0: That's great. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to add?
1: Yeah. You know, I would just say this has been a a really a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity for our community to get this infusion of funding. Um, You know, if something good could come out of the pandemic, maybe it's that, right? Mm. And so um, making sure that we're using these dollars in the best way we can for our community and in a transparent way uh, to make sure that we're funding programs and, and projects that are going to be successful for years to come has has been really important to us. And so um, it's been a very unique project to get to work on. Um, it, you know, it, the funding expires in 2026, and and so that'll be that. But, uh, it you know, it's been a, a great opportunity for our community, and I'm really excited to see the outcomes that are, that are going to be visible once these projects are, are wrapped up.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Amanda. I appreciate you taking the time today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Scott.
0: If you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Deus, you can search for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.